celebrating the world's best dabs. Son, this is whiskey. Try some. Okay, thanks, Dad. What are you doing? Uh, nothing, honey. Sure, Dad may forget birthdays, graduations, even your fourth grade piano recital. But he'll never forget to tell you. You're doing that wrong. No, I'm not, Dad. Yes, you are. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I'm your host, JP, joined with my co-host, my my co-host, as always, (laughs) the tenacious, the man, Nick Martin. Hello, Nick. How's it going today? It's good. How you doing, bud? Good, good, good. We have a really, really awesome, cool show for you today. We are joined by a couple of brothers who uh, are from the band. You guys, the biggest band in the history of the world back in the day. You might remember them as Razzle. Okay, no, no, not really. <laughs> I knew you were going to bust some. He, he went on Wikipedia earlier. He was getting some. We got Jeremy. <laughs> we have Jeremy and AJ Popoff from the band Lit on here. Gentlemen, welcome to DadCast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us, man. Uh, so how's yeah, it going? How are you guys today? We're, uh, we're running around town, you know. Grocery shopping. What I'm supposed to be doing today, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> again, I apologize for being late. I was oh. late. I was like a half hour late almost. I feel like. Hey, but, uh, you guys are rock stars. This is completely normal. We were in the studio. We were actually <laughs> in downtown for two days. Um, it was my wife's birthday on Monday, and we went out, tore it up way too late. And then we were in the recording studio all day. And then we ended up going out after that. And then we had to be back at our house this morning at 8 a.m. for construction people. And so I've been a little banged up today, I'll be honest with you. Well, you're looking all right and sounding all right. We're going to get through this next hour, and then maybe naps are involved. Who knows? So, gentlemen, <laughs> uh, the premise of this show, obviously, DadCast, is to talk about the life, the adventure, the journey that is Dad. Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. How many kids do you have and, uh, you know, names, ages, and, you know, we'll go from there. I have one that I know of. And, uh, like Nick. he's, uh, he's 19. He's in, he's in college, uh, university of Utah. The Utes. And, um, yeah, he's a Ute. Um, so yeah, well, kind of one and done for me, but he's, he's, he's awesome. Awesome. And AJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm a one and done too, man. I got, uh, and, and just like, like Jake, my, my daughter Presley, she's, uh, she's 18. She goes to the university of Utah as well. So they're both Utes. Wow, that's cool. Cousins doing going to the same college. Yeah, it makes it nice. I mean, he's a year older than she is. Um, and you know, it's a scary thing having your your daughter, you know, who she was she graduated young, so she went away. She went away to college when she was still 17. Uh, so it's just kind of nice to know that she's got family. She's got, you know, Jake's always been kind of like a big group, big brother to her. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool for her, and it's also it's good for me to just that peace of mind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like kind of my scenario. We're not there yet. I have a 16 year old daughter, a 10 year old son and a seven year old daughter and the seven and 10 year old big brother. He's going to be a senior when she's a freshman in high school. So you you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, he's big brother's going to be there to protect and let dad know if any bad stuff goes on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Nick Martin, he has, uh, Last check, the last podcast, it was 187 kids. I think we're up to 190 now. Yeah, they're just popping out of the woodwork now, dude. They're just like, oh, you're my dad. <laughs> well, at this point, mine's, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has run out. Um, so if any of them, if any, if anyone contacts me now, I hope they're just looking for a friend, you know? Right. Now, <laughs> we love talking with, you know, different, you know, in, it still feels weird to me, and I, and I don't know how it feels to you guys, but if I, you know, we like to talk to celebrities. Now, whether you like it or not, you guys are rock stars, and you do fall into that category of celebrity. We want to normalize all that because, you know, we're all humans. We're all normal. We're all dads. But in your case, being in a very successful rock and roll band, um, in the formidable years of your children growing up, how was that when you guys were on tour and raising kids? I mean, was that left to mom? Did they come on tour with you ever? Stories. We want to know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it was hard. It's hard during, you know, when, when your kids are at the age where they're just saying their first words and learn, learn to take their first steps and all those things are really was, we were, we were still pretty busy with our touring. Luckily it had slowed down a little bit, 
Um, you know, cause I, there was one point in time we were gone for like two years straight, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's, it's, it was really hard. You know, when you, you go from can't wait to get on tour, cause it's just, that's what we live for. And, and just being gone, gone, gone was, you know, what we, we were all about. Uh, and then when you have a, a newborn and a, and a toddler at home, you just like wanted to get home. So even though we still enjoyed, we still were, you know, built the same way we, we are now, we, you know, missed our kids. And we didn't want to miss anything. So that made it, that made it kind of crazy, but it was, you know, I'll let Jared tell some of the stories, but we, we would have them come out as you know, often as we could. I don't know if they didn't, they enjoyed it. Like we did at that age when right. they were babies, you know, they're just like, man, this it became like a tour bus became kind of just the norm when they were, they, they knew where everything was. They knew they loved the bunks and, and uh, I think they had fun coming out to see us, but um, you know, for us, it's not like being home with your kids. Right. Yeah. I think in the earlier days, but pre-kids, we just were just gone all the time. And then once we had kids, we kind of, we sort of had this like unofficial two week rule where we would, we would, you know, kind of sucked for our girlfriends or our wives or whatever before the kids, because we'd just be gone all the time, you know, and we would try and touch base or fly them out or go home, you know, once a month or whatever, but then like AJ was saying, you know, when you have a baby at home or a toddler or things are happening so quickly, you're like, fuck that. So we were doing like two, two weeks, every two weeks, either we would go home for a minute or they would come out for a minute and, and we would do shorter tours. We wouldn't go out for three months straight. We would go out for like six weeks. And then, um, so we started saying no more Yeah. when, when we had kids, um, you know, not in sort of a neglectful way to our careers but we realized that we didn't need to say yes to everything and that we could be a little bit more selective so we had more more time and um but they loved it i mean my kid still to this day he 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 could live out of a suitcase he could live out of a hotel room he loves tour buses he he always you know he wants to he saw on my instagram today that we were in the studio yesterday he's like oh do you have any do you have any snippets or any rough mixes I can hear yet? And I was like, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's you know, they're just, they, they love that environment. And, um, and yeah, the cool uh, thing about the li- the lifestyle too, is like when you're, when you're home, when you're in a band, I'm not sure you talk to other guys that are in bands and when they, when you get home, you are very present. You got, you know, you could, you could stay home with the kids, you know, when they, when they have days off or get them ready for school, take them to school, pick them up. Um, you definitely get a lot more one-on-one quality time, uh, when you're off the road. So it was like, it's gone or fully there. And, uh, there was a cool period of time where I feel like I got to sort of be when we had downtime, like kind of like a Mr. Mom band dad, you know, yeah. I literally was like doing, you know, more than my, my wife was at the time, you know, just, um, so that was cool. That was, you know, extreme bonding time that we got to have. And we're, you know, because of that, I think she's, she's definitely daddy's girl and still we're very, very close because of probably because of that time. Now, do they, now that they're a little bit old, I'm sorry, Nick, did you have something? I was just saying that's awesome. That's very cool. Now that they're older and, you know, college kids, do they ever use the whole, my dad's lit, they're in lit, my dad's in a band, they ever use that to their advantage or tried growing up? (laughs) I think they're more, they're more, um, they drop more names of probably our friends and <laughs> right and like uh, you know we can we can occasionally score them tickets to shows and stuff especially in salt lake city like you know nobody has well we do now but nobody really has friends and family in salt lake city so the guest list is usually pretty wide open so um we're able to pull some strings for them here and there and um but that song you know my almost enemy i mean i'll never forget the first time we we went there and I, he, we went to look at his frat house. He just joined this fraternity and we go to check out the house and, and, um, everyone's being super polite, like, Oh, hi, Mr. Popoff. Nice to meet you. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys. And whatever. And, uh, we do, we tour the house and we check it out and then we're leaving. And as we're walking out to the, to the car, all we just hear this, nah, 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 they're just cranking it out of the, out of like the loudspeakers in the living room. Right. And, um, <laughs> It was pretty funny. Like they definitely, cause that song still is like the kids all know it from rock band and, and guitar hero and shit. And so, um, 
you know, they may not know who Lit is, but they know that song when it comes on and they all know the words and they sing it karaoke and they do all that shit. So they have a good time. He's, he's sent me some clips at different parties where it's on and everyone's singing and he's like filming like, yeah, check it out. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. Uh, Nick, yes. what, how come your kids aren't, aren't filming and, and saying stuff filming, back about filming this? I don't allow my kids in the, in the studio at, <laughs> when I'm trying to do this. It's too distracting, especially with the, the baby. He's like, it's all about the baby. It's, it's all, he's, he's just the attention whore. So, <laughs> he, wow that's, that's rough to call your kid that I, I love the guy i love the little guy but he's just like it's all it's got to all be about him like you take your eyes off him for two seconds and he just starts beating the hell out of you that so. is that is the case we've all been there so man yeah. so each of you so jeremy boy aj girl i was lucky enough to swing twice and get well you know i'm a stepdad to my oldest daughter but my two other kids, one boy, one girl, two tries, and that is it. And uh, it's crazy. You guys, I don't know if you haven't experienced it because you only got the one each, but the dynamics between the boy and the girl and how it, you have to adjust for that one and this one and this one's super sensitive and this one's a hard ass and doesn't care. It's You're blessed. I'm just telling you. Yeah, and so you said your, one of your daughters is 16, the oldest one, or yeah, she's 16, going on 30, and you yeah, know that's that's when that weird like shift happens. Like, oh man, the girls, like man, it's dramatic. You're just like every man, we were like day. all good, and all of a sudden, like whoa, where did that come from? Like, right now, you giving me this this attitude, and it's it really is. It's like this emotional wave that comes over them where they just turn into like little devils for a while it's, i mean she's she just she came out of it and like you know she calls me all the time facetimes me like two or three times a day and she's like wants to be my best bud again which is killer uh but there was like man i want to say about a good year and a half or or so maybe two years where so there's we were hope. Butt, we were <laughs> Man, it's rough. Yeah, like Nick said, daughter going through the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, like fourteen to fifteen was great, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I hate you. Stay out and leave me alone, or the world hates me. It's like, oh come on, just until of course go away. They need something or want something, and then it's all right. good for you know five ten minutes. But oh yeah. man, it doesn't help you guys. But my wife still kind of she reminds me of what that's like every every uh, <laughs> rears its head once in a while. <laughs> Well, today's actually my lady's birthday, so she, uh, I, I've got nothing but great things to say about her. She is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, our wives, our wives are uh, two days apart. Yeah, I know. You said you're just celebrating. We're talking before the show started. Um, yeah, man, I'm not gonna. She's turned 22 again today. It's crazy. <laughs> the uh, and, and we. Going back, talking about the 16-year-olds for, for UAJ, she's through it. I am currently in the midst of that that evil hell that is happening. And it doesn't help the fact either that she is, no joke, like five foot ten, thin, supermodel, gorgeous, and it's so scary. And you know, mom too. And I don't know how I got so lucky, because you know, this ain't pretty. But What's uh, your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy, mute. Uh, okay, no, we, <laughs> we, you know what? She has an Instagram, but I'm not allowed on it. Yeah. Well, well, mom is, but I'm not allowed. Dude, I, yeah. I went through that same thing. There was like a, like the, the Finsta, whatever, like there's a regular Instagram and there's like for just the close friends. And, and I was like, man, you gotta, let, I, I gotta be able to get it, see these things, you know? And, right. and I kind of like, my finally job. I mellowed out and I, I found that as soon as I like let loose of the reins a little bit, that was real, like concerned dad, you know, protective to an extent. I kind of thought I was fair, but I realized that I was being a little bit like, you know, maybe a little bit too helicopter dad. Right. Um, and as soon as I stopped like busting her balls on stuff, and just kind of, get, I'll tell you one time, this is what I think is right. This is why I don't back. Um, do you, as long as you show me you're doing the right stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to stay out of it. Um, and so it worked, man. It worked with her grades. It worked with her, her attitude for the most part. And, and since then, man, I just, I learned a valuable lesson, just kind of like, all right, prove me wrong. If I'm being too much, too strict, too overly pro- overprotective or hard on you for your grades and all that, just 
just show me that you know what you're doing. And exactly. Did, did exactly that, man. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're still in the midst of it. I mean, I'm going to call you off the air and get some, some, uh, yeah, but, write down some notes on how that works. I was kind of, I don't want to say the opposite, but I was very strict and hardcore when it came to social media. Um, my kid was, he was only allowed to have Instagram. He wasn't allowed to have Snapchat or Facebook or any other. He wasn't allowed to have any messaging apps, any of that shit. I was like, you text your friends, you use your fucking iMessage. <laughs> right. And um, he wasn't allowed to delete any apps. He wasn't allowed to use his um, Instagram messenger to communicate with other kids. Right. So, you know, you can, and, and the reason for that was, and I was just adamant about it. I'm like, no, dude, you're not getting it. I'm like, and if you fuck, and if I find out that you do have it, then you're just going to lose your whole phone. And he lost it a couple of times. He lost, um, not for social media, but well, one time he, he made a comment on someone's, some kid at a school, he made a comment that was a little uh, inappropriate. And I just, I, I would just throw his phone in my safe for two weeks or three weeks or what, until I felt like giving it back to him. You know, I bought him a little flip phone at the grocery Wait. store, like the little pay as you go. We you did know, the exact phone. same yeah, the- thing. And it was almost worse for her than not having a phone. Yeah. Well, cause when I took his phone away, I just threw it in the safe, shut the door. And I was like, Oh yeah, I don't think you're not going to have to still call and check in and, and all that shit. And so here's your fucking, here's your, uh, pays your go phone and, and have fun with that in front of your friends. <laughs> right. And, uh, How do I text? What do you mean? I have to hit the button yeah, three don't. times. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, um, that was the know, best punishment. And it, and it's, it's sad, but the reality is I, I've really firmly believed this. And I was so glad that he made it all the way through high school, great grades, you know, football, great friends, the whole thing. And it was, and he made it all the way through with no Snapchat. Uh, he texted me from his graduation. Did I kind of get Snapchat now? And I'm all, yep. And he just, <laughs> I think he was literally wearing his cap and gown when he downloaded that shit. But, um, <laughs> was your that son? Was just, that was just the deal. But the thing that like when, if parents ask me ever or whatever, just people, friends or whatever, I'm, I'm like, social media is the most dangerous thing to your kids than anything else. I would give my kid this going to sound terrible. This will be the, the, the sound bite that gets me canceled, but <laughs> like, I'd rather, I'd rather give my kid a nine millimeter and teach him how to, which he knows how to shoot, but I would rather teach him how to shoot and take him to the shooting range and give him a nine millimeter than give him all these fucking apps that they have out there. Cause it's destroying kids. It's like, it's, Dude, it's it, destroying it, grownups. I mean, what are you talking well, about? Well, yeah, but yeah. But kids, but a kid, a, a college bound kid could easily go off the rails and lose his scholarship, lose his admittance to a college, get kicked out of high school, whatever, for one fucking stupid comment or one stupid post. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's a, it, it is a dangerous, dangerous weapon. And then when you see all the kids that are, you know, committing suicide from being bullied online and all that kind of stuff you realize like it is just a loaded weapon. Parents are handing yeah. their kids these fucking iPhones and they're going in and it's just, it's too much, you know? It's like, man, go out fucking side and throw football and, yeah. and stay off that shit, you know? it's but That's old school me, but I was kind of like that kind of dad where I was like, I don't give a fuck if you swing from the ceiling fan. I really don't give a shit, but you're not going to do that. And I was just very adamant about like, you can do a lot of shit that other kids aren't allowed to do but you're going to also be not allowed to do a lot of shit that other kids are allowed to do. And I, and, and I would tell them because their fucking parents don't know any better. Like I'm in the business. I'm, I, I'm in this, you know, entertainment business in the social media world, whatever. I see it. I'm in it every single day. You're not. So fuck you. And if they're, and if, and if Joey's dad doesn't fucking understand, then that's his fucking problem. You're not, he's not my kid. You know, did you have much pushback from your son uh, initially when that, you know, you, you, you implemented that? Not really. He really wanted it, but he, he saw that I was not open for discussion on it. So he just sort of gave up. Right. And, um, a couple of times he would drop the hint, almost like, I'm the only one, you know, I'm the only kid in my class that doesn't have Snapchat. I'm like, fuck. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's, you should actually, I, I, he, I think he realized I was like, I care. I'll take a bullet for you. I'd fucking help you. I'd bury a body for you. 
but when I say certain things, like, again. it's not, it's not open for discussion. Like, look at me. We're not, cha- I'm not changing my mind. You could, and he just gave up, you know, it was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my kids, thankfully there's no, I, my seven-year-old and before anyone reacts, my seven-year-old has a cell phone not activated. Okay. It is strictly one of my old ones that she can connect to the Wi-Fi and, you know, watch YouTube videos and whatnot, et cetera. But she's starting my seven year old who's almost eight, the itty bitty. She is almost asking me, I think for a cell phone at eight years old. And I'm like, little girl, it's not going to happen. But my kid friends and my second grader, second grade. No, this, I agree that you're, this is, this is not happening. We can discuss the possibility of a cell phone at least three years from now. Well, but do you remember those little, so like the, there was, I think it was called a cricket or something, but it was a little phone. It looked like a little peanut. And I literally, when my kid went to preschool for the first time, maybe it was kindergarten. I was like, he's got to have a cell phone. What a, you know, he, in case of an emergency, he doesn't right? call me or like whatever. So it was this little phone. It looked like a piece of candy and it had literally had three buttons, mom, dad, and 911. And that was it. There were no numbers on it. You couldn't right. say And I would just charge it up. And, you know, he never used it. So a charge would last like two weeks. <laughs> just throw it, in his, throw it in his backpack, you know. And I'd be like, you know, in case any shit goes down. Or That's pretty cool. Old, but, um, but yeah. Yes. Social media. <sighs> AJ, it looks like you're about to say still something. I had those because I'd like to have one of those for myself. I'll and- don't. Are you kidding? Just one for me, <laughs> one for the lady? Oh, we're good. Vacation. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just check out. Nick, yes. everything good there, man? You disappeared on us. Yeah, no, my computer froze. I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. Weird, but I'm back. All right. So well, welcome back, man. What was going on, but sorry. Oh, you missed the, the best story that's ever happened in the history of this podcast, but you know, uh, I, you can check I, it out I, when we air it later. I got, I actually, I have a good lit story. Let's like, we'll segue into a lit concert. If you guys are cool with that. Yeah. So I'm uh, about 17 years ago. I'm talking with Scott Russo from unwritten law and uh, trying to get him to come up here. I, I'm a concert promoter too. So I've been booking shows and stuff and cool. talking back and forth with Scott and we we're getting them set up. And he's like, calls me up. He's like, Hey man, I'm going to play a show down at the Viper room in LA. You want to come down? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. It's 15 hour drive. Why not? <laughs> He's like, well, let's headlining. I'm like, Oh, sweet. So that's like actually the first time I actually met you guys. I don't probably don't remember. We were all pretty drunk, <laughs> but, uh, drove down room? to LA. The huh? Viper room. He said, yeah, it was at the Viper room. Yeah. About at the Viper room with unwritten law. And uh, I can't remember who else was playing, but you guys are headlining. I don't remember that. It was like 17 years ago. Hollywood, man. Sunsets. I think it's on Sunset. I mean, well, no, we, I mean, we did all our showcases for the, all the record companies at the Viper Room, but I can't remember ever playing there like for like people. <laughs> yeah, it was, a weird, it was a weird deal. I don't know if it was like a showcase. People. It was a, we had it, we, it was a special invite for, from the bands. It wasn't like open to the public. Huh. Wow. So, but yeah, Scott sent a, sent the invite, and so we went down and hung out, and it was it was a good time. Damn, seventeen years ago. I'm usually like, for some reason, I can't remember. Um, I, I, my memory's pretty banged up, and I'm and I'm uh, <laughs> terrible with names. But you name a city, I could tell you every venue we've played in that city <laughs> and the radio station, and um, and I and you and you could be like, oh yeah, we we, we did this. I went to this one show at blah, blah, blah. Like people will say that sometimes like, Oh, I saw you at such and such with no doubt. And I'd be like, Oh yeah. Shoreline amphitheater. Yeah. I remember that show. And they're like, uh-huh. what the fuck? But I don't know what it is, man. It's like, maybe that's why my memory's so fucked. Cause it's full. My head's full of like <laughs> worthless information that will get me nowhere. Of ever. Concert but. venues. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like a Rolodex. It's super. You, yeah. you upgrade that memory. All right. Let's test out this theory, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara Bowl. You ever played there? Yep. When? 98. Oh, and who'd you play with? No doubt, right? No, we played there with Zebrahead mm. and... Um, uh, A real big fish? No, it was Zebrahead <laughs> and... Um, I don't know what I was talking about. Snot, maybe? <laughs> That's awesome. And, 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 and maybe head PE was on it too. And Christina, Agu- Oh no, wait, 
that wasn't the one Christina Aguilera was at. The Christina Aguilera was at the one at um, the Ventura Bowl. Yeah, I, I love that center. I love that venue. I saw Cheryl Crow, Blink-182, and Madness on the same show, I believe. I don't know how the hell that wow, happened. That is a but, weird freaking lineup. <laughs> right? It sounds like a radio show. That's yeah, like probably. <laughs> show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all eclectic. That's pretty cool. So let's let let's let's veer off the dad a little bit since we kind of I, I I would be remiss I have you guys on. Let's talk what the future holds or the current uh, projects you guys got going on with Lit. Is there uh, is there writing? Is there new albums? Is there tours planned? Uh, you know, post COVID, anything going on? I hope so. Well, there's definitely we've been uh, Jeremy and I since we moved out here, we've been writing pretty nonstop for new Lit stuff and. Um, anyone that heard the last lit record heard a lot of country influence on it. And, oh, good. And a lot, you know, which, which we love and we still love to write. And, and in fact, we kind of got off it for this record. Um, and Jeremy and I sort of made a conscious decision to shift our writing style and focus back to, you know, the late nineties and early two thousands and where our heads were then, which was a lot more challenging than we thought it was going to be. Cause we, we had been writing this country stuff for so long and just falling in love with it. We do listen to a lot of country too, but we decided to take the stuff we write that's country leaning and keep it just pop off brothers. That way we can take and, and focus on the rock and, you know, what lit was. And so this record is definitely taking it back. It's, um, it's very like early 2000 with like a, a little more of a, a modern, take on some of the production stuff where we've been working with these, these two guys, uh, Carlo and, uh, and Eric, who we've been writing with and they're just super talented, uh, writers and we're co-producing it uh, together and just a lot of cool ideas that we may not have come up with, but it sort of is incorporating like, you know, what we hope 2021 will be and like 1999, 2000. So pretty stuff. God, I hope 21 is, We're in, we're, better, man. we're inching better. At least, I mean, I don't yeah. know what that you guys live in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. What is the, uh, the aura of Nashville right now, as far as regards to COVID and mask wearing and, and things being open. It's pretty open. It, it's been open much more than in a lot of places. Um, for a while they had the, um, the bars and the honky tonks and the places where, um, I mean, at the beginning, everything was locked down. Like the whole country was locked down for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, but, um, but Nashville has been pretty good. The first few months they had um, the bars were closing at 10, which is weird because they normally close at three here. Yeah. And um, it's weird. <laughs> so 10 would come around real quick, which was stupid because we would all wind up going back to my house or AG's house. And we, and, and, you know, half the damn bar would show up. And then now you, now you have what they said was what you weren't supposed to do with right. a house party. But it's like, well, I was just in a bar with 200 people. You know, now there's 10 in my living room. I, I, unless COVID got my address. I don't know why <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the, the uh, risk shifted so much, but. Um, Dude, I actually have a, I actually have to go to court next week because I had what Jeremy's talking about. Not 10 people at my house. Some, somebody called the cops they came, I actually got a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor on my record, which I'm going to get cleared. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood, because, you know, like Jeremy said, here we are at a restaurant where there are way more people and, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't go by square footage. It goes by capacity limits at restaurants or bars. That's what they were doing then. Um, so it's like, they don't do that with houses. So you can live in a 900 square foot apartment, studio apartment, and have the same set of rules that you have for, you know, three, 4,000 square foot house just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know it I mean? doesn't I mean, make I get sense. It. I get being safe and don't be an ass and yeah. you know, but it gets, comes to a point where, you know, make it, it's gotta make sense at least be reasonable about your set of rules and don't conf- have mm-hmm. them conflict each other in the same small town, you know? Yeah. Well, cause kind of, it, and it's a little bit like, um, I went into a target earlier today and, uh, it was probably half and half masks. They still have the signs on the window that say, please wear one. And they're still sterilizing the, they got the basket sterilizer girl that's out there wiping baskets down. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a ton of people, you know, old, young. I hope young, they keep those between, girls there, by the way. What's that? I hope they keep doing that part, by the way. It's about what dirty the, baskets. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
you know, f- for us too, like AJ and I have already had COVID and so of our kids, so of our wives, like we all had it and we're all good. So part of me sometimes is like the only reason that I would, that I wear a mask sometimes is out of respect for the people that are working there or whatever. But for the most part, like I don't need to fucking wear a mask. Like I, I, I earned it. You right. Know? I got it. I, <laughs> I, I survived. Like, you know, was it, but, was it bad for you or was it smooth sailing? Was it rough? How did it affect you? It was worse for AJ, but for my wife, never had any symptoms. Um, When she had her, her, the only symptoms that she got was like three weeks after she was cleared. And then that's when her taste and smell got a little funky. Um, And mine got a little funky right as I was getting over it, but I didn't ever lose it completely. But mine just felt like a, like a three day hangover. What's crazy too is the most, uh, most people that I know that have had it, a lot of them were people that, that don't really go out much. And I, and early on where they were people that were just like, man, I've been staying home and I just actually just went to the grocery store and that's where I got it. It's gotta be where I got it. Cause they don't go to bars. They're right. not going here, or there. And when I got it, my wife and I like, cause you know, we go to restaurants here and there. And like I said, I had 10 people over that night, but that wasn't when I got it. I didn't come down with it three days later, you know, or after I went and raged, it was literally like, we did a benefit show not too long before we had, we had a couple of writing sessions. We had a small, we actually did have a, a following the rules barbecue where there, we had about six people, five people. Um, and we sat outside and yeah. So when we caught it, it was like at the, when we were being like pretty chill, you know? So it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's like, I know people that, you know, have a friend that plays the honky tonks four nights a week he's out there with no mask cause he's singing and he's, he's around crowds of people from all over the country, you know, bachelorette parties and whatnot. And that dude hasn't had it. It's just, it's just a weird thing, you know, but, uh, but back to what you're saying, get back to touring. I mean, we've got dates popping up. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of bands, even bands that were reluctant to advertise their shows. They would be doing like low profile shows cause they didn't want to get shamed for playing. Right. Um, it's becoming okay again to be like hey we're going to be at this event and it's not we're not talking about sweaty club shows but we're we're getting to a point where we can actually get in front of people and play music on a stage which is damn if we don't do it soon we're gonna forget how how to do it <laughs> i doubt you guys will forget that are there any uh west coast appearances uh in the in the near future wink wink nudge nudge well, I mean, if you like Lake Havasu, that's coming up real soon. Oh, man. I loved me some Lake Havasu back in the day. Oh, yeah. boy, I got stories next, we are not allowed Saturday. to share here. Yeah, man, next Saturday. And we're actually oh. um, we're playing on a floating stage over at Pirate Cove. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cove. Yeah, so it's like, dude, it's be a cool event. That, a of, you know, I don't know, call me crazy, but that almost sounds better than playing in an arena. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Oh, definitely yeah. is our kind of it's our kind of show man like people drinking and bikinis and oh well and lack thereof sunshine <laughs> yeah <man. laughs> we can't really beat it wow and hey nick we got to get down to have a zoo let's do it i mean Turns we got to have the day off we got to tell the wives <laughs> sorry we're going to, nope that's not going to work for me i have to bring gonna have to bring her with me what is yeah. bring her with her it's a big exactly. boating event, so there's going to be a, a ton of like kickoff. It's the kickoff uh, date for our boats and hose tour. <laughs> boats <Peace>. and hose. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I wish that was actually the name of the tour. Tell me it is. Come on. That would be. <laughs> hey man, we'll see how it goes. What's that? We'll do a boats and hose tour when Dadcast takes off, and we've got some podcast money. There you go. <laughs> well, we you a, a trailer, take a, a bus and, and behind it, you know, tow the, the floating stage and just go play all the lakes, man. That'd be amazing. Yes. And there's plenty of them up here in Oregon. If we, only we could get it at Crater Lake, the coolest lake. You guys ever seen Crater Lake like in person? Yeah. No. It's the no, deepest man. lake in That's all awesome. of North America. They say it's what killed the dinosaurs. Um, it's basically wow. just and it's the deepest, uh, coldest, clearest lake water in all of north america and it's just it's 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 so amazingly beautiful period i if you're not impressed by seeing this up close then there's something seriously wrong with whoever says that area is it what part it's like almost it's like it almost smack dab in the middle of oregon maybe a little bit to the east and south so a little southeast of the center of oregon but it's you know you pull up a map and you're going to see a hole a blue hole in the middle of oregon and that is crater lake 
that would be the perfect spot to do that. But it's a national park, and you're not allowed to swim in it. You're not allowed to do anything. It's And plus, getting to it, you're talking like you know 200-foot sheer cliffs just to get to the water. But that would be perfect. Wow. You got to figure that. Cool. You got to you, you got to pull some strings, Nick. <laughs> I know a guy. So first, first people that step foot in the. You got a late guy. You got a late guy out there in, in the. I, I do actually know a guy that owns a bunch of cabins out of the, out there. So I'll uh, <laughs> yeah. hit him up. Like we need to have a concert. Let's get a headline. Let's you know it's going down. <laughs> yeah, I was only kidding, man, Nick. And who don't you know, dude? So, uh, so the touring's coming up. The Lake Havasu show. Do is there that new album? Is it dropped? Are you guys still in the process of writing that thing? We're in the we were in the process of recording it recording? right now. Okay, um, and we're still writing. Um, I mean, we live in Nashville now full time, so we're always writing. Um, so, um, I, you know, I don't know if I think what's going to happen is. Um, We'll, we're going to put a single, the first single will come out probably in June, we're hoping. And then we'll drop a second single and then a third single. Maybe when the third single comes out, we'll put a couple more songs out with that. We don't really want to just throw an, an album out there because it just feels like a waste. It feels like a waste of time and a waste of money to drop 10 songs on somebody when most people are going to listen to one at a time anyways. And then, that's in smart. This, in this in this modern streaming world, I mean, people's attention spans are short, and there's there's artists putting out shit all the time. But the but I think, and I don't know, you know, but I think, and I think we all think, and our manager and our label and everybody is luckily everyone's kind of on the same page. But it's like, man, let's just put songs out, and then and then maybe in like a year we can put together a collection of the songs that we had put out plus a few more songs, and almost like a high school yearbook. Like they don't give you your high school yearbook on the first day of school, you know, you get it on yeah, the way home school. for the summer. And, and totally. so we kind of are taking that approach to it. We'll see how, we'll see what happens, but um, the 2022 well, lit mixtape. Yeah. You go. Yeah, man, it might be. <laughs> and the way the writing process works too, is when we've always, when we write a record, we usually, we don't spend a whole lot of time making it, but we pretty much any song we finish is by the time it's done, it's record worthy. So we don't have a lot of like extra songs typically, when we, we get a creative flow going, we'll, we'll write a batch of songs. Um, but when you give yourself the freedom to like not make anybody have to wait for a release and literally have like, all right, do we got right now, we these songs we know we love and we're ready to like share them with people. But it gives us that like the freedom to, you know, as days go on and as writing, we book more and more writing sessions, we're inspired by new things and it's like we give ourselves the room to take it somewhere else if we want to, you know what I mean? Instead of like this record is all this vibe that we were feeling, you know, over the course of this three month period, we could be like, shit, five months from now, we might be like, now that we're doing shows again, we're feeling this energy from the crowd again and it's inspiring us to write these new songs. And so we're not like pigeonholing ourselves into just like, you know, this feeling that we have right now, like, Oh man, I sure hope we get out of this COVID crisis, you know? We're going to be in a different place, hopefully. And uh, although these songs right now do feel pretty post-COVID party. Good. <laughs> well, we said right out of the very right out of the gate, we said um, we're going to focus on old school, like what we were doing, you know, 20 years ago. But also, and as we would hook up with other co-writers and stuff in town, and um, we just said we don't want to talk about COVID at all, or viruses, or lockdowns, or politics or news or whatever. We're going back to the old school where we could, t- where we talk about girls and alcohol and cars and fire. <laughs> and, and, you know, so of course now, you know, it, it, and inevitably little things sneak in. I think our first single is actually a song um, called, well, you're hearing it for the first time here, but I think the first song is called mouth shut and it's very fitting for these times, especially with cancel culture. Um, and it's literally, um, yeah, it know, doesn't have to be, but it can be extremely political. <laughs> well, there's nothing political about it, but, right, but, but it you'll, when you hear it, you'll go like, Oh, okay. Cause it's kind of like, it, you know, it basically says there's no nice way to say what I'm thinking. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. And it's kind of like, and there may be a little twist at the end, but it's a very like current, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fun kind of 
Some. What's the word? It's a, it's a it's a lighthearted way of of pointing out how ridiculous cancel culture is. There you yeah. go. And thank you All for right. just providing us with a teaser for this episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're getting we got a few more minutes left. I want to circle back to the whole dad thing. I actually came up with a very good question that I can't believe I didn't ask you guys yet prior. Um, are either of your kids into music themselves, playing guitar, singing, anything like that because of their dads? I mean, my daughter kind of just, I, I never really showed her how to play anything or inc- really overly encouraged her anything. I love, like, she would, we, she would sing like Taylor Swift songs and I'd mess around with her and try and, right. you know, play along. And, um, but we never, you know, really put her in lessons or push for it so much. But she pulled out her, you know, YouTube on her phone and taught herself how to play piano and like enough to where she's playing songs and singing along. And I'm like, damn, I, I can't even do that. But she, um, but yeah, I mean, her focus is she wants to be a doctor. So she's, she uses that side of her brain. She's a lot smarter than I am. And she's, mm-hmm. she loves, loves, loves music, loves like hip hop, rap, classic rock. But she, um, you know, both of our kids are big rap fans. Um, but she loves a little bit of everything. We kept, I let her listen to whatever she wanted to listen to. Um, so that, that, uh, that helped. That's kind of brought her into my world too. I think that's why she listens to Tom Petty and oh, good and man. And all I, those, you know, groups too. My kids are still listening to top 40 and it's killing me. And, and I, <laughs> every, I keep, I keep putting, I keep changing it. I do. And they aren't paying attention. You know, <laughs> there's a old school Metallica. Let's see what happens. And uh, as long just, as you get get it in there once in a while, just like all right, you can listen to this, but I'm, it's going to be a, a you know dad daughter or dad son mixtape. You better let my music in there too. <laughs> yeah. My son did like oh, and Jeremy, you're going to appreciate this. Uh, I played Flight of a Chorus, you know, peace of mind, and uh, he 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 perked up. I saw him looking in the rearview mirror driving. He's like, Dad, what's this? I kind of like it, and I was like, Yes, I'm doing yeah, something I, right. <laughs> oh yeah, you know the the it, it's it's. It's not cool to like your parents' music, you know, but they're get it's it's getting into their bloodstream, and then one day you yeah. happen to look at their playlist, and you're like, oh shit, you got some Eagles on there, all right, yeah, and and uh, you got you got little Maiden on there, you got a little so, um, but yeah, but if you get in the car with them, it's gonna be hip hop, you know, it's gonna be Post Malone and little <laughs> little something. I got no something. problem with Posty. That that kid is friggin'. Uh, he's, he's a genius, he's, man. Country record, oh man. Yeah, and did you he see gotta, he could do anything when they did? He did the Nirvana concert in in, in the pandemic, yeah. and and just covered that. My God, and he's so he's super awesome. talented, super super talented. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's he's incredible. Nick, um, how's yes, it coming yeah. with your your daughter? I'm sorry, I you know I interrupted. I didn't get to finish. Jeremy, with is your is your uh, your guy very musical at all? He he is. He's very musically inclined. He doesn't. It's not his um, ambition or anything, right? Uh, he, you know, he's got his acoustic guitar hanging on the wall next to his bed at, at college, and um, he can play guitar. He he figured out all the chords, and he he can figure out songs pretty easily. He's he plays drums. Uh, he can sing. I mean, he 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 got the gene. He got he definitely got the the musical gene. But it's one of those things where he's 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 much more he's much more passionate about football and about the, you know, he's a business major at, at, at college. And so his, his, like his dream job would be to work at an arena or a, or a stadium every day and like work with the team and be involved in the, in the business of sports. Cause he, cause he grew up, you know, um, in the, in the entertainment business, he grew up backstage, he grew up pulling into venues and doing, you know, and so he would, you know, when we were touring colleges and looking all over, you know, we toured all the SEC schools and a bunch of stuff on the West Coast and Arizona. And um, the first thing he wanted to do every time we went into a school was he wanted to see the stadium. Yeah. And at one time I was like, you know what, dude, you know, you can actually do this for a living, even though you're not throwing the football. You know, you can actually, there's a ton of careers like in the, the business of this shit is never going away, you know? And um, so that's kind of where he's where he's headed, but we'll see. You know? It's a good goal to yeah. have, man. I could dig that absolutely. Awesome. But I love that they have that, in, in, you know, that it's in their blood, and they they have that sort of natural ability because 
it, it's such a cool thing to, you know, for a kid to be, I mean, if you could learn three chords and, and it'll keep you busy enough for a while, if you're just sitting around bonfire with your friends or you have a shitty day and you're just sitting on the edge of your bed and you want to figure out a sublime song, you know, it's, it's a neat, it's a neat release and it's a neat thing for them to be able to, to be, you know, to be able to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. You yeah. know, and uh, don't forget about option number three, whipping out the guitar and impressing the ladies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time my baby girl, the seven-year-old, she, uh, a quote wants to be a doctor, artist, musician, singer. She asked me yesterday, Daddy, can I do all those? I said, Absolutely, you can do all yeah. those. Yeah, Not entirely right. sure you can do them at the same time, but yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, you reach sky's the limit, baby girl. You can do this thing. I, I think Dexter from off, the Offspring is a doctor now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's some that have done it. I, actually, there's a there's quite a few. He's a he's a. I think he's. I think his PhD is in microbiology. And yeah. last time I was talking to him, he was, I mean, he was, I mean, he wasn't fucking around. I mean, the guy's crazy smart, but he was talking about like, you know, wanting to like, I don't know if it was his thesis or what they, I don't know what happens when you're getting your PhD. I, I dropped out of high school <laughs> as a junior. So that's all, that's all a different language to me, but he was talking about like curing like some disease, like some, I don't know if it was AIDS or cancer or something, something crazy where that was, he, he was going to find the cure. I was like, well, fuck, you know, if anyone could do it, it'd be that guy. I mean, he's, he, you know, I remember in 99, our first like real tour um, was with them and, you know, they took us around the world really it took U S and Europe and, um, and Dexter flew himself everywhere on his own plane. And we got to fly with him one time, but um that was wild, you know, yeah. just fucking lead singer of a punk rock band, just flying, flying around the world. With, you know, in a really nice plane. <laughs> that is but, amazing. Uh, God, and, uh, the music of that time, that's, you know, that's, that's the story of my youth. I mean, God, just out of high school, you know, early 20s in the 90s, man, that's. Yeah. Mm, a lot of great stuff. I loved the Offspring. Were like almost, there's almost two halves and they were both very different. Like the, the first half of the nineties, the second half, but they're both killer. You know, like I can't think of a, right. I was telling Jeremy there, telling Jeremy before uh, you, you popped on earlier that, you know, we lived our formidable years in that, at least for me, um, I witnessed the end of hair into the birth of grunge into what I prefer and call real alternative rock in the late nineties. You know, your foo fighters coming in and all that. And then you guys that, that, uh, yeah, that was a good, was a good ride, era. Man. The 90s were, I mean, we're not going to shoot. After the, we had the, you think all the way back, all, every decade had its own like really cool thing. And then after the 90s, it's like, do you even hear anybody say the 2000s? Or what is it after that? Right. I is mean, there a, yeah. is there a dedicated channel on Sirius XM for 2010s? It's <laughs> crazy. It just so happens that that's when the internet, although the internet brings a lot of good, you know, I couldn't live without it. And, but that's part of the problem, I guess. But I think once internet and streaming and that kind of stuff started coming into the fold, it made all these new music fans kind of lose focus a little bit. Or, you know what I mean? And maybe it was just same goes for creators, music creators. Now you don't even have to go into a recording studio, which, you know, back in the day we had to like work real hard in the garage or in our crappy, you know, rehearsal studio to get ready, get to a point where we're like, are we ready to record this? Okay, cool. And then you got to, Make sure you got enough money to rent out recording studio yep. and pay people that knew how to record you. And then, you know, it's cool that kids can record their music at home, but it's also made it too easy to not plug in your guitar to an amplifier. Um, and everyone's lost that feeling of being a band because we used to have to be all the guys and all the parts had to be playing their part. Whereas yep. now you're like, oh, we don't need a drummer or a bass player or really even guitar. We're just going to make, you know, here, the sounds are right here. And and that's how songs are being created and have been. They started creating songs like that. I feel like, and I sound like I'm on a soapbox, but like, seriously, no, 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 you're right. I, I started going that way. And, you know, hence no decade of a thing. I preach the same thing. You know, you got a kid who he can play all part and or even a, a very musically inclined person. They don't need the rest of the members because they can do it all themselves behind a computer right now, piece it all together on a cool editing app. And then, Boom, there's the song. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's there's apps and, and subscriptions that you can get, you know, on Logic and, or, you know, 
where it's actual parts of songs that are free for you to use Mm -hmm. like drum beats and guitar riffs and, and, you know, uh, it, it's, it's wild, you know, that's how was, um, little Nas real, X actual real stuff. <laughs> like you can get Travis Barker. He's got like a bunch of beats that he played and anyone can go in there and use Travis Barker's drum beats and write, write a song and use these beats. And it's, you can't receive, I don't think you can say it's Travis Barker playing drums for our song, but it's him playing <laughs> No, in like a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of way. I guess you could super, it's super <laughs> weird, man. But yeah, and these guys so can crazy. cut it up. Yeah, but, man. Well, there you have it. Gentlemen, I, I, I want to keep talking for an hour or more because I love you guys. This has been amazing. But we are Thanks, really, really pretty much out of time. Yeah. So we'll see, on, we'll, we'll, we'll see you around Father's Day. Yes. Right, so, so, AJ, I, I, I planted a seed with your brother Jeremy there. Um, nearing Father's Day, I have a plan to do a, another podcast episode, a Father's Day special, which... I'll just say it right now anyway, so everyone can expect it and they'll hold me accountable where I'm going to bring back all of our really cool, awesome guests for like 20, 30 minutes where we can have like 18 squares on the board there and just oh, cool. wish everyone each other happy birthdays or happy birthdays, happy Father's Day and uh, just, you know, be celebrate dad and uh, bring you guys yeah. back for one cool, quick Father's Day special episode. So we'd be cool if you you join that. Jeremy already committed, so you have to. I dig that, man. Yeah, I'll actually set an alarm on my phone, make sure I'm at the right spot at the right time. <laughs> awesome. I'll have Nick dial that in because he's my my uh, you know scheduler guy who does all all the the hard the hard hard work. All I do is just I you know the bitch. I just cool. do audio and video. <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. The handler. Yeah, he is the handler. But uh, we haven't been on tours so long, but we still need a TM just for our daily. <laughs> well, give him a call. He'll take care of you. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm down. I'll do it. All right. On behalf of myself, JP, Nick Martin of Dadcast, I want to thank the gentleman from Lit, if we can call you gentlemen, Jeremy and AJ Popoff. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Thank you guys, man. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Absolutely. Thanks, and what I do every time thank before you. we leave, I got to drop you with this. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dadcast. We'll see you all <laughs> next week. This episode has been brought to you by our amazing sponsors, Anchor Valley Wine, Boneyard Elixir, Red Robin, America's Gourmet Burgers and Spirits, Happy Dragon, Mongolian Barbecue, Chris Barnett of Barnett Group at Realty Executives, and JL Insurance.